Broadcasting live from the Hyundai Studios. Presented to you by your local Hyundai dealers. You're listening to Chicago's number one sports station. 670 The Score is Chicago Sports. Chicago Sports is The Score. And Odyssey Station. WSCR and HD Chicago. WBMX HD2 Chicago. The Score! This hour is brought to you by Team Hochberg. Visit their website, 56david.com. That's 56david.com. It's true. And here's the thing. This is a controversy of Major League Baseball's own making. They own the baseballs that they make. Last year, they changed the baseballs and they reduced the amount of drag. That's why we got the year that we got. And uh, there's actually a writer named uh, Meredith Wills. She's on Twitter as a baseball astrophysicist. She's been breaking down these baseballs for years. She's been at the forefront of it. And here's the thing about it. Major League Baseball has not been quiet on the fact that they want more offense. They want more home runs. They want more balls in play. So they changed the baseballs. Here's the thing. They just wouldn't admit it. It's just the weirdest thing in the world. All they had to do was say, yes, we changed the baseballs and went a little far. This year, they changed the baseballs. What they said was back, and instead, it's gone the exact opposite way. And again, another controversy of Major League Baseball's own making. It's not even that they're doing it. It's that they just won't admit it, and I don't understand why. When Cody Decker drops a name, we follow up. Dr. Meredith Wills is on Twitter at BBL underscore astrophysics without the I. She's an astrophysicist, Ph.D., works with the Baseball Hall of Fame, is a data scientist and baseball construction expert, and she joins the Bernstein and Rahimi Show. Dr. Wills, how are you? I'm doing great. How are you? Uh, We appreciate having you on, and the process with which you came to be a studier of baseballs, and a noted one, I think, is worth discussing. An astrophysicist usually doesn't get into the baseball game unless it's a passion or there's some sort of paid reason. Tell us how you ended up being so interested in the baseball makeup. Uh, Well, I mean, for getting into baseball, uh, I was born on opening day. I was three weeks old when my dad took me to my first ball game. Uh, I don't remember how old I was when I learned to keep score. Uh, I didn't become an astrophysicist till college, so it's kind of the other way around. But as far as taking the baseballs apart, um, I actually also am a knitter and do knitting design. And so in that case, uh, I have been partnering with the Baseball Hall of Fame for things related to working with the yarn inside baseballs, which turns out to be knittable. So I got good at taking them apart. And then when the 2017 home run surge started and we um, ended up with, uh, they discovered that the surge was due to the ball. They couldn't find a difference uh, because I'd gotten good at taking balls apart. I did manage to find a difference and it kind of went from there. Uh, 2019 and I found differences for 2019. I found uh, the source of sort of the weird dead inconsistency for the 2019 postseason. Um, I found more differences, including outright construction changes. Believe it or not, for 2020, um, and the changed baseball, the one with the new specifications, is the one that uh, we were told when uh, Stephanie Epstein did reporting on my work in Sports Illustrated earlier this year and was exactly the same thing that GMs were told about the differences to the 2021 ball. So, um, yeah, so I just can't wait for MLB to stop changing the baseball. And you would know, but one of the points that I thought that you made was so pivotal is that you made sure to unstitch the baseball because you had the the knitting hobby background. That you Mm -hmm. knew that that damaging 
by cutting the stitches if you wanted to take the ball apart was important. Tell me why unstitching the baseball was such a key factor in this. Um, originally, actually, unstitching the baseball had more to do with the Hall of Fame uh, collaboration that I was mentioning in that I wanted to keep everything. I wanted to keep the covers. I wanted to keep the laces because these are original uh, design projects that will ultimately the finished pieces are to be auctioned off in support of the Hall of Fame, which is a 501c3. And, um, you know, if I wanted red laces, then I had to unstitch the ball as opposed to cutting through them. Because, like I said, the original motivation for taking them apart wasn't just for the sake of seeing what was inside. It was to preserve as much as I could so that I had things with which to make stuff for the Hall of Fame. So. How much of the the issues with how the ball flies? We know there there's several vectors here. You, there is coefficient of restitution or mm-hmm. elasticity, bounciness, and yeah. then there's the surface area and how slippery it is through the air, the the, the drag portion of it. And mm-hmm. I know both are measurable, and you can test uh, and, and and figure out actual data that supports this. But what mm-hmm. is what is behind this new deadened ball that is contributing? to to a historical offensive lull? Well, the deadened ball, um, and this one actually is, can I get that? One of my more recent ones for 2019. I hate Zoom sometimes. There we go. Let's turn it. Yeah, Yeah, people watching on Twitch can see. There we go. If you're watching on Twitch, I have a ball right here. There it is. Oh, that's great. um, Yeah, so, oh, no, I've got a lot of them. (laughs) But and I need more, so you know, I'll do the shout out now. You know, if they can probably track me down through you guys, please get me baseball. Uh, it would be great. Um, but the as far as the changes, uh, what they did was, like I said, the interior is yarn, and there's several layers. And um, we were told by MLB, and again, the the, the statement the statement they gave us and the internal memo that they sent to GMs, which by the way, when people talk about a a press release or something, it wasn't that it was a memo to GMs that was leaked and then reported. And so that's how we know about publicly and how the players know about this different baseball. Um, But the way the ball is different is that that very innermost layer of the three has actually been wound more loosely um, and so that ends up making the ball kind of squish down more. Uh, it's just, it's, there's more to squish. Uh, the way that I like to think about changing the coefficient of restitution in that way is it's a little bit like underinflating a basketball. Properly inflated one, it'll bounce. If you underinflate it, it doesn't bounce as well. Uh, so it's kind of the same thing. Uh, the problem, unfortunately, is that it looks like the way the testing was done, even for the COR, might have been overly controlled. Uh, what I'm finding is that a drier conditions, you know, it, they seem to do kind of what you expect when you're dealing with a humidor park. Mm-hmm. Uh, most parks don't have humidors, and, you know, a lot of places are drier than it would be for a humidor, you know, overall. And so when those newer balls dry out that less dense areas is suddenly no longer that it kind of shrinks down and so you actually get a ball that is 
just as bouncy as it was before, but now it's physically smaller and is also lighter, which we did know, which means that you'll have the same COR, the same bounciness, but it then comes off the ball, the bat faster because it's lighter Mm -hmm. and it can, you know, in theory, it would be traveling farther being smaller. However, the seams don't appear to shrink down quite the same way. So the drag has actually gone up, um, which is ironic because that's almost the opposite of what MLB originally told us and the GMs. Uh, (laughs) By the way, COR was, you know, going to make the ball, the exit velocity go down and the drag, it was implied was going to be about the same, not exit velocity going up and the ball not traveling as well because of higher drag. So, yeah, (laughs) it's interesting. It's not just interesting. No, it's not just interesting. It's proof. And it's the data you need when we're trying to figure out what's going on. And you said it again and you maintain this on your Twitter. And I think it's important for all the stuff that we talk about, the sticky stuff, and for how that Mm -hmm. has become the major narrative, you're still maintaining it's the ball. Well, sticky stuff has been around in some form for a very long time. I mean, technology moves forward. So, you know, yeah, we didn't have spider tack before. Um, but this cha- specifically the change to the ball with this lowering of the COR, I've actually, you know, gone back, you know, tw- I've got tw- a good 20 years worth of, of data and going back farther, frankly, I just haven't like written it up yet. The interior of the ball, something called the center has been, pretty much the same at least since 2000 and it looks like much much earlier than that um they didn't actually change that part of the ball until september of 2019 which would have actually been part of the balls they made for 2020 and they ended up making roughly a third of the 2020 production was these different baseballs um they then switched back, which is a little odd. That was the playoff but, ball, right? Uh, exactly. People were talking about how the, the playoff ball was different. Exactly. We're, we're putting the... Oh, that's the 2019 playoff. Okay. Um, okay. What it's, and, and by the way, it, it does turn out to be related. In that case, they did mix 2019, like the balls we were used to for, you know, traveling, you know, having way low drag. Um, and it turns out they did... mix them with balls that at the time I thought were 2018 Uh, since then I have actually cracked the batch codes and it turns out believe it or not they were what we would call 2020s Uh, they were manufactured as part of the 2020 production cycle it just happened to be part that was from before October so I keep picturing like teleporting the ball back in time (laughs) for the postseason which is fun but um, but yeah the the 2019 really is stands out, and I don't think they're going to try that again, frankly. Um, you know, it doesn't look – it looks like it was just what – I think they tried to speed up the drying process, and they ended up with that ball. Uh, so they've now gone back to making them uh, ex- from, from the outside. I mean, okay, good example. This one, if people can see it on Twitch, is a 2017. This one – Mm-hmm. is this year. Uh, they kind of look the same, don't they? For, for those of us who so, can't see it, yeah. tell tell people on radio what the difference is that you see and how you see it. 
Oh, for the, between the 20, the, uh, the, the, the only from the outside, actually, that's kind of the point is that even with that winding being different on the inside, uh, you actually can't tell the difference until you take the covers off, unless the ball is very light physically, like, um, and that has to do more with the weight of the leather cover. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've been taking all these apart, knowing that there were two different baseballs in 2020, and I still couldn't, you know, a lot of the time tell just from the outside because the size was the same um, and the weights would be lighter. But again, there's a huge variation in the weight of the covers. So players didn't know two ball. I mean, there were literally two different baseballs being used in games in 2020. This keeps not coming up. (laughs) They used two different baseballs for that 60 game season. And the baseballs that were this new kind that, you know, are wound differently on the inside are what MLB told us is now the 2021 ball. But despite them telling us, oh, no, those weren't supposed to show up in 2020 games, I found them in 2020 games. I'm sorry. They were there. You know, you can, it's their problem if they showed up in 2020 games, but they were used. Uh, So baseball used two physically different balls that performed differently as part of the 2020 season. Nobody was told. Um, They did at least let teams know, you know, sort of in advance. Uh, Although they gave us a statement February 3rd, they sent the memo to GMs on February 5th. Um, It was then leaked, I think, um, or published as the leak on February 8th, and we published, or SI published the article on my research on February 9th in response to that. And the wording of their of the memo that was sent to GMs is the same as the statement they gave us two days before. So I suspect there's a relation there, you know. But at least it means the teams were told, um, unlike before, so... This is just shocking. That's news. amazing. Like they would, and then it's what did MLB know they were doing, and what did they not know? Because that comes on on the heels of what Pete Alonso was alleging this conspiracy theory of mm-hmm. well, when when pitchers are when, when the free agents to be are largely pitchers, they're they're going to drive down their value by cranking up offense. When the free agents to be are largely hitters, position players, they're going to have less offense to drive down their open market value. And my first thought was, I wouldn't put it past them, but that assumes a lot of competence that I'm not sure is there. <laughs> and they sort of say, like, yeah. never, never uh, ascribe to bad intent what is easier ascribed to incompetence. And that sort of seems otherwise to be, known as Hanlon's razor. And, uh, well, there you go. One of my favorites. And and, yep. and 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 that's why I thought it might have happened that way. But that mm-hmm. would take a lot of coordination for baseball to pull that off. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean. To that point, as far as free agent class, I think that's going a bit far. Um, one thing that also, uh, and when I did my study on the 2019 ball, uh, one thing that was very interesting was that, you know, it was the first ball where MLB was directly involved. You know, that they did that that purchase of, of some portion of Rawlings, which basically the ball part, uh, specifically to be more involved in manufacturing and oversight. And that times almost exactly with when production starts 
for what was ultimately used in 2019. Um, there is an article that was in the New York Post with Joel Sherman on April 10th, I believe, of 2019, in which MLB officials said, you know, on the record to him that they knew from their own internal testing that the drag was lower for the 2019 baseball. So they said this on April 10th. It was published. And then we start hearing things in May where players are surprised that the ball is different. Uh, we then get statements through, over the course of the season, really. And it isn't until almost the all-star break where you then have Commissioner Manfred coming out and saying, yeah, we think it might be a drag issue. So it was sort of an odd approach um, in that they did know drive was down, which means they knew home runs were probably going to go up. And I did speak to, to players that season who were concerned, not because of free agents issues, but um, that it became, they were concerned about it being a, a contract negotiation issue. You know, if you're a pitcher, your numbers were going to look terrible. And so, you know, they could come in and say, look, your numbers are terrible for 2019. Why would we pay you that much? And if you're a hitter, they could come in and say, you know, yeah, your numbers look great, but it's the ball. Oh, so so cuts you're the overperforming yep. and we shouldn't pay you that much because these numbers aren't representative. And they cut everybody so, in the past when they decided to manufacture them themselves, obviously. Yes. And and then then, of course, we have the situation now where. Um, and even this ball is interesting because they really did only manufacture it. You know, we had like, you know, I think three months, by the way, we're talking a 12 month manufacturing cycle. So three months of what was the same as say the 2017 ball, then a hard switch in manufacturing four months of this new baseball with the less tightly wound um, center, then back to that equivalent of the 2017 ball for the rest of production. So the idea of that, that being done, and again, this is all in the Sports Illustrated article, which I would encourage people to read. It's, Steph is an amazing writer, and she just did some great, great stuff. Um, but this idea of a third of production, you know, four months is a third of production, being dedicated to this baseball, which was then supposed to not be used in games, which also is interesting because that would have implied for regular season. And by the way, the change was in January, meaning way before we were planning for COVID. Um, had they had a full regular season, I think they would have been forced to use two baseballs anyway, um, which is odd. Uh, so there, there are some, the manufacturing decisions themselves are not something I understand. Um, you know, and they at least have come out you know, when when we asked for a comment that, you know, yeah, they were expecting these balls to perform differently. And they were very, very specific in how they were supposed to perform differently, both to us and to the jams. Um, and then those spe those specific changes turned out to be absolutely not what we saw, although we did see different performance. Wow. So um, once again, it becomes interesting for, say, this year, uh, how much. I don't know. You know, are, are pitchers going to get dinged in that same way with the, you know, the way hitters would have been concerned last year that, oh, yeah, the ball is different. Therefore, the numbers aren't representative. 
you know, oh yeah, your strikeout rates are high, but the ball was lending itself to high strikeout rates. Therefore, yeah, that, I don't know. That, I mean, that's I what cuts against the, what Pete Alonso is saying because if everybody knows what's going on, it's, nobody's getting fooled. But the right? problem is if there are two different balls in play, like for example, last season. Which we now know. Right. right? Then then mm-hmm. it affects things even more. And one thing I know we've got to wrap up with you, but Ian Happ, mm-hmm. our our we'd like to say player, you know, of residence. He's our resident outfielder. He did say that he thinks that the seams are affecting and the stitching is affecting blisters. And you've talked about that. Oh, as is it well. happening again? Yep. He th- they think so, but they, there's uh, no, no way no, of no, knowing it should be, actually. Uh, I'm I'm not surprised at all. In fact, uh that was the ball that we had before 2019 from mid-2015 to 2018, yes, was very strongly correlated with blisters. I was surprised it didn't show up again in 2020, but it might have just been that the season was too short. Uh, yeah, we should be seeing blisters from this ball. It's the first time I've heard that, but I'm not surprised at all. Well, it's all it's all coming together and making some sense here. I need, I need to timeline all this and get it all in front of me to see all these different little marking points. It's absolutely fascinating stuff, mm-hmm. Dr. Willis, and thank you for taking the time to join us today. This was great. Thank you. Thank you. That is Dr. Meredith Willis, Harvard-educated astrophysicist, Ph.D., works for the Baseball Hall of Fame, data scientist as well. Wow. Two different baseballs last year. And she said she cracked the batch code. So she actually could tell. I mean, that is the the, the detective work here is really kind of cool. There's a book in this. You know, this is this is there's a whole lot going on. Oh, there is, and I think the the main points to take away, just to summarize quickly, is Major League Baseball owns the factory now, yep. and that happened in 2018. And players say the ball is different, and she's saying it is. How much it's affecting the sticky stuff? That's that's something that I think they're still measuring. But the point being is. When players say the ball is different, they're on to something.